Hey everyone, this is Jason from the Rams Review Podcast. Just before we get stuck into the episode, I want to take a quick moment to promote something us here at the Rams Review Podcast are very passionate about, the Fan Hub app. Football without fans is nothing. That's why Fan Hub is on a mission to put fans first. This app is now available on Apple and Google stores. The Fan Hub app has lots of fun things for fans of football to do, including competing against fellow fans in predicting lineups and checking on match days. Also, lots of real fan media content for each club, including us here at the Rams Review Podcast for Derby County. Download it today and be part of putting fans first. Currently, there is a waiting list for the app, but we can give you a unique code to help you jump the queue. Check out on our socials for more info. This is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. The Rams Review Podcast is proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, where fans come first. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast. Today at the moment it's just me, Corey over in the States is tied up a little bit so uh, I, I get to man the ship on my own. It's been a while, been a while since I've had to do that but of course I'm not guestless at all. Joining today is Henry Morgan and we're here to discuss Millwall. Henry, thank you very much for joining. It's been great great to finally see you. I know we've, yeah. me and you have collaborated a couple of times on, on your stuff. Tell us a little, about, a little bit about to start off with your your media dealings and things with with Millwall, uh, right? Uh, yeah, Jason, mate, it's lovely to see you as well. Um, I I work on the No One Likes Us Talking podcast, um, which goes out on Friday evenings at eight o'clock. Um, it used to be on uh, Love Sport Radio, but now that's that's closed down with the BBC. So now we're just doing it online and posting it on various different Millwall sites. Um, and uh, yeah, so so I and on that I do uh, a view from the opposition and a review from the opposition, which of course I had you on um, early this year for your one nil victory down at the Den. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean that's it really. The, I mean the only other thing I, I don't know if you knew about the compulsory purchase order that was supposed to be on our ground from Lewisham Council. They were both they were basically trying to get us out of our ground, but um, I was part of the campaign that. Um, that helped to stop that by, uh, I got a big banner made say no to CPO and that got on several, well, national papers actually. It was in the, it was in the Daily Mail and all sorts of other things uh, to try and to try and stop that. But that's about it as far as my media commitments go at the den. It's just, uh, yeah, st- standing in the background shouting basically, mate. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I know all about that. Uh, and, and before we really kick into the uh, into the podcast, obviously, uh, but if memory serves me right, Henry, when we spoke, I think that, that game at the den was probably the first one that fans were allowed in to for that small three four week period where That's we thought right. football was coming back and then obviously everything got got stopped again um obviously it was uh it was a year to the day today that derby played their last game at pride park in front of in front of a crowd that unfortunately yeah. i missed so i've i've oh, gone a little bit yeah i've gone a little bit longer um but you know just from it sounds like things are starting i know the efl have announced today that it's the 7th of sure august that start um 
and I suppose just from a fan's perspective, we've we've just got to hope that we're in we're in the ground. Um, if obviously home or away, uh, fingers crossed. At least at least some home football um, for for supporters. Yeah, you, you'd hope, right? Yeah, you've got to, haven't you? I think to be honest with you, I think the Euros this year will be a big a big testing point of that. Obviously, still not. I don't think it's been one hundred percent determined if it's all been in this country or not yet. But it'd be interesting to see if they can't get some fans to that, and uh, that that might just give them might just give them a little bit of a platform to work on for for the, for the start yeah. of the season, really. They were talking about a couple of test events as well, mm. and weren't they? And, and I did also see, I think, now I don't know if it's true or not, but I looked at the list of grounds that might potentially have the uh, Euros, and I think uh, Pride Park... Pride Park was on there, yeah. was on there, yeah. Which is yeah. nice, which is nice. It's, um, it's a good ground, though. It's a good ground, though, isn't it? It's, it's got a bit of character. Right. I like yeah. it. I like, you know, in terms of new grounds that have been developed, I like the fact that you're, well, from the from where the away end used to be, and I'm saying not mm. from that corner, but from behind the goal, that left-hand side where you've got the other stand, it's just a bit of the, you know, a bit of the baseball ground in the, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. In, the, in the, yeah. yeah, you can just see the little, those little characteristics in there that really make a football ground. And I, I thought it was a good atmosphere, actually. Yeah, it's all right. And I, I think, I think we're all pretty, f- I know certainly as a Derby fan at the minute, I'm fed up of watching them uh, from, from home. I, I think same, uh, same, Derby, same. Derby's form at the moment yeah. needs need some fans behind it. But, I know. Um, I mean, I don't know if it was an official uh, test that was done on Saturday in the game that we played against Coventry at St Andrews, but there was about fifty people sat in the directors' box without masks on, um, literally just all sat next to each other. So, I mean, if they can do that, then surely we can get fans in stadiums because it wasn't a problem. It wasn't a problem for there. I, I saw it on Twitter. Uh, the second I mean, this tier, is it. This is the second problem, tier podcast it. guy shared it. Uh, one, one, it. Rule, it one rule for them, one rule for everyone else. Yeah, You've got literally. government ministers driving 300 miles up the country to Bamborough Castle, but we can't go to a football game. It's, it's a, like The whole thing's just a big, absolute massive joke. And I'm not like one of them mad conspiracy theories people. I understand you know, the importance of staying home and, the, and that. But, you know, when you when you see things like that, it's infuriating to the everyday fan, who, for a lot of people online, I'm not being funny, myself included, and I've got quite a good social network. Like, I just, you just haven't seen people that you've spent, mm. you know, every Saturday every or every other Saturday with for the last, well, at the den, 25, 30 years. It's, yeah. oh, anyway, here's what it no, is, mate. But, yeah. I terrible. agree. I agree. But fingers crossed, hopefully, yeah. some, some good news coming out. And uh, we're, yeah. we're hoping, we're hoping, that's for sure. Right, let's get on to the main yeah. topics of the podcast. Yeah. Um, we'll start with Millwall's form, Henry. Uh-huh. And to be honest with you, the whole season. I mean, yeah, 11th. Not not bad, not bad from a Millwall perspective. It's not probably the relegation battle that some some would have expected. Yeah. I think Gary Rowett, as much as we don't like him anymore, uh, yeah. I don't think you can argue his credentials, and I don't think you can necessarily argue with what he's managed to do uh, at Millwall. He's turned them into uh, a certain team, and obviously we want we are going to talk a little bit later on certain players because obviously you've got two of our former players at the moment. We've yeah. got one of yours from as from January, so we'll certainly talk about those. But just in a nutshell, certainly since me and you last spoke, Henry, yeah, the, the, the form of Millwall and sitting pretty in eleventh. How has it been from a fan's perspective? It's it's a really difficult question to answer. Like we up and down, and it's like the thing that I think is interesting is I looked at this the other day. If you look at the last five games of all of the Championship teams below Barnsley. Nobody has won more than two in the last five. Like everyone has lost, drawn. What like there is 
you could not pick from one week to another, other than I think probably like Norwich and Watford, all the people up there with the money, maybe in Brentford, you know, everyone is beating everyone else. And we saw that at the weekend when we lost, when we lost to uh, Blackburn. Mm. Our form has been doubly inconsistent um, and you just have no idea what team is going to turn up. Um, there have been a few little bits of brilliance. Scott Malone um, has, has turned in a couple of cracking goals out of nowhere where we look kind of like we're never going to score in a month for Mondays, if I'm quite honest with you. The football has been pretty dire, if I'm honest. There have been times where I've been on my WhatsApp message going, this is Sunday league level. I mean, I don't think the pitch has helped. The pitch at the den at the moment currently looks like an allotment. Mm. Um, and, you know... It's just, it, we're experimenting, you know, we're trying to keep the same formation. We've, on Saturday, we had the smallest squads in terms of players that were fit and eligible out of the whole championship. We only had 22 players to choose from. The majority of those had played against Preston. It took a big second half performance for us to beat them, you know. So, so there was a lot of huff and puff there. And they just look knackered. Um, so, I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I've got no idea what Millwall team's going to turn up at Pride Park on Saturday. Um, and if you catch us on a good day, we can probably match or beat anyone in the championship. If you catch it, you know, if you catch us on a bad day, you'll beat us 4 0. Like, I'm, I'm really sorry, I can't be more specific, but this season has just been so bizarre. And to be 11th, I am astounded that we're 11th. If you saw the way that we played football, you'd be like, this game doesn't make any sense because I I think there are performances there where I'm shocked that we're not in the bottom three, quite frankly. The first half against Luton was, I've never seen anything like it, to be honest with you. Mm. Well, I mean, it brings it does bring me on to my next point. Of course, that, that game beginning of December, I think it was down at the Den. And yep. that was, from, from a Derby's perspective, that was the start of... Um, a really solid December and, and yeah. breaking into breaking into January for the Rams under under Wayne Rooney. Um, completely stripped it back. I remember watching the game and it was it was I mean it was probably a bit of a nothing game in terms of quality. It was it, it was too you know average sort of average. And obviously there's always a bit more of a sting on it from Derby's perspective when we play Millwall now because of obviously Mason Bennett because of Scott Malone who obviously weren't playing at the time but and obviously the Gary Rowett factor. But that was a real key point i think that was like the first win derby had had in about 50, you know in about eight yeah. games or something it like that it was only yeah. the second win of the season and that that just snowballed derby into into a run of games where i think they won 7 out of 10 something mm. like that and and really propelled us away from the bottom three unfortunately just recently i think we've won one out of the last five and we've looked we've gone backwards for some bizarre reason like i don't uh, you'll you'll certainly see on saturday if you get to if you get to catch the game, Pride Park's pitch is nowhere near as good. It's no better, I don't think, than than some we've seen. Um, mm. We are we are struggling to play on it as well. Uh, interesting. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it wasn't uh, two. I think it was two weeks ago, just before we played Forest. I think it was Huddersfield. That week we played Huddersfield at home and Forest at home in in the space of three days. Yeah. And the pitch. I mean, you'd have struggled to get a horse race on it. It was that bad. It, it was, it was awful. Um, it just doesn't look good at all. And you know, that I, I, Derby's form since then, as, as I say, we really pulled ourselves out of the, out of the shite to be mm. perfectly honest with you with that, yeah, with that nice yeah, yeah. run. And then, um, as you say, I, I looked earlier in preparation and when you saw Millwall 11th, I was like, wow, I didn't yeah. really realize. Yeah. 
it's it's one of those. And at the moment, Derby can't buy a win. And I must admit, our last our game against Coventry on Saturday was absolutely terrible. Um, we we looked devoid of any confidence, any fitness, mm-hmm. any energy. We 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 just don't look. We don't look good at all. And and that's obviously that's obviously a bit of a worry. Um, but obviously that game at the Den, I say it, it was quite, it felt the same, but it was the start of something really really positive for Derby and it needed to be because obviously the position that they were in, I think we were probably yeah. at the bottom of the table when we, you know, when we came That's to the yeah. Den. And yeah, you were. Yeah. I remember us speaking and, you know, we, we don't normally get results at the Den. It's something that we don't normally do. And I think it was probably a bit of a lucky goal from Derby, but at the end of the day, on the balance of play, it probably had nil, nil written all over it. But from a Derby perspective, it was, it was a, it was a positive result and, and one that came completely out of the blue, Henry. Yeah, I think, but if you looked at the other, the, the other metrics on that game as well, I think you you had more shots than us. I think we both had three on target, but you had more shots than us. You had more possession than us. You battled. I think we spoke about this at the time. You battled like a Millwall team. Mm. And I think there's a big thing for me. There was loads of debate about this afterwards. But obviously, before the game, there was the booing of the players taking the knee. After the Millwall players had put a statement out saying, whatever you think, this isn't about Black Lives Matter. This is about Millwall Football Club standing up for equality. And some of our fans decided that they don't agree with that and they want to project their own political views onto the football club, doing irreparable damage once again mm. to the uh, to the already tarnished, no one likes us, we don't care, reputation of Millwall Football Club. So whatever, you know, and I think that had a massive impact on the players. And there were a couple of like, so Marlon Romeo, who's our black right back, wing back, really, to be mm. honest with you, great young talent, I think, has taken loads of flack since then. Um he continues to do like a raised fist at the start, you know, and, and people are like, oh, I don't like all that black power, blah, blah. But it's really, it, it, it sent us off kilter for the next three or four games. And I'm not sure that rift has ever quite been healed. I mean, we've got a bit of form, you know, I think we went unbeaten in eight, nine. We went, we went unbeaten in nine uh, through January and Feb. Um, but that dark, that really knocked us for a few games, actually, that boom before the game, because the players didn't know how to react to it. And I think that really fed into, you know, they, they were totally off kilter that day. They didn't battle. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been interesting, sort of, you know, the one time we've always said that actually we've struggled this season because we haven't had people at the den. But then we put people back in the den and they went and did that. And then we had the reverse effect. And then obviously we did the whole thing with QPR, kick it out, all that rate, anti-racism banner stuff, which I've, I've got a bit, you know, was a bit of a token gesture by the club because the damage had already been done. Before we, before we go on to in depth, a bit more in depth on, on, uh, on the game on Saturday, um, I just want to get your thoughts on the couple of players that we've just mentioned there. So obviously Scott Malone, Mason Bennett, um, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about those two first. I mean, I mean, Scott Maloney's. If Corey was on with us now, we'd tell you that I'm. I'm not his biggest fan at all. I think. I think <laughs> he's an absolute yeah. donkey. But when he actually signed for Derby, I thought, yeah. And I mean, I know you'd had him before, yeah. um, and I thought, you know, he's he's the kind of player that I want. Yeah. He's the kind of player that you want in the championship, and he didn't yeah. really ever do it at Derby. I must admit, okay. um, he got a bit of a. He got a bit of a reputation because he had a go at a fan um, in the ground, which, you know, obviously, you know, 
you're more experienced than that. You don't do that. And I think ever since then, the negativity kicked in. And then obviously yeah. when Rudy came in, he was nowhere near the side. But since he's obviously been back with yourselves, he seems, I mean, obviously I only see results. I don't necessarily yeah. look into performances, but I know he certainly crept up on that uh, score sheet a couple of times, Henry. How, him and obviously Mason Bennett, pair of them scoring last yeah. week. Yeah, uh, which is you know is like roles reverse from when they used to do it for Derby. How have the two been at Millwall? So if we deal with Scott Malone first, I think he has come in and Gary Rowett's system seems to really suit him. Um, he's coming cutting in off that left wing, and we've got Jed Wallace usually over there as well. So what you get is you get defenders double teaming almost to use an American expression. Shane Corey isn't here. Um, Wallace, which creates space for him. And if you see his goal in the week against Preston, that's exactly what happens. Two people run off with one with a striker, with Mason pulling them one way, Wallace pulling another one the other way. He exploits a bit of a bit of room inside. He cuts in and he can hit a ball. Geez, you give him a bit of space. He really can. He scored another cracking goal against Blackburn, which I don't remember previously from, from his time at Millwall. I think it's something he wasn't doing. Um so, yeah, so, you know, so he's been doing all right going forward. I think defensively, nah, you know, five out of ten maybe. Uh, we've got a couple. We've got Sean Hutchinson. We've got a couple of other decent defenders back there that can probably cover him from time to time. Um, so, yeah, he's he's been okay. I think he's turned a lot of opinion at me. When he came back, a lot of people were like, oh, well, he left us in the first place, blah, blah, blah. But so I think, you know, yeah, I, I think he's doing all right. I think people are... Are looking at as a positive, but he's obviously just not one for the future, is he? I mean, I don't know how old he is now, but he's he's creeping up in age. Whereas Mason Bennett, I would say, um, it's difficult to say. He's obviously got an issue with fitness somewhere in there, right? Like he he kind of, um, I think he's only played ninety minutes like three times in his entire professional career. One of those was against Preston the other night, um, but. He, when he gets the ball and has a bit of time and he runs at people, like he looks like a really frighteningly good player. And he looks like the type of player that you're like, why is he in the championship? Um, but then obviously there are a few touches which are a bit heavier and they shows exactly why he's in the championship with a team like Millwall, as opposed to going to someone who's really, you know, going to be in contention for doing something Massive and not being funny at a bigger club like that. I mean, Derby are a bigger club than Mill. There's no two ways about that. You you know say what you like, but but he he has potentially, in the eyes of probably a lot of people, taken a step backwards in terms of career aspirations. But he's going to have a bigger role at a team like Mill because he's a skillful player when he gets the ball and he can move forward. Um, and I think again he's just he's in a side with a lot of you know there's not a lot of that individual spark and talent like you know he does like back heels and tries tricks and does stuff which you don't see down the den very often if I'm being honest with you you know so more of a Jed Wallace type player um if we can keep him fit I think he's a very exciting prospect like he's got pace you know he, he causes defense problems he's someone you've got to watch out for and you've got to mark him because if you do give him a bit of time and space he will put that half chance away where others won't that's what I would say mm. um he scored the equaliser at Barnsley last Saturday, I thought he'd taken a touch too many, but somehow he got a shot off and managed to get the equaliser. I mean, you know, I, I, and I don't know how he managed to do that playing up front. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really like him, Mason Bennett. I think he's got something to prove. I like the fact that he runs himself into the ground, but 
you know what, like when he has a bad game, he can't control the ball. He can't, look, he literally can't do anything. You need to take him off after about half an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I must admit, it echoes pretty much what we've always said about him, unfortunately. And of course, his own, he's, he's from the Derby area, his homegrown, you know, homegrown talent. And they're the ones that you always want to do well. And you probably give a bit more credit to and get, you know, you're a bit more lenient with them. But I think when you look at it, that was any other player coming in, in, in a, you know, summer transfer or something yeah. like that. And you, you evaluated that player over the season, you would look at it and go, he's just not, not cut the mustard, at, you know, at, at that level. And yeah. it does sound very much like he, he's continued pretty much at Millwall, kind of where he, he's added a couple more goals than we ever saw at Derby. I'll, I'll say that. But in terms of him, again, like you say, you know, never starting in 90 minutes and that kind of thing, it's, it's something that he never did at Derby. And every time he, he kind of worked his way into a side, he'd, he'd always get an injury. And, and it, it uh. just, unfortunately, you know, lack of progression for him. But obviously, I, I, I kind of hope, hope he does all right down there. And, you know, to be honest with you, I don't see his future at Derby. So that's for sure. One other player, Henry, to talk about is obviously the one that probably most Millwall fans um, were so disappointed when he left. And he's now at Derby. And he, he's someone that I've said for years should have gone, no disrespect to Millwall, but should have been playing yeah. a better team. He, he deserved a crack, and of course, that's that's Lee Gregory. Yeah. We've we've seen we've seen so far the good, the bad, and the damn right awful of him. In, <laughs> I must admit, coming in January, yeah. when I heard he was coming, I thought yes, 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 yes. I know he's thirty-two, but he's the kind of he's the kind of striker. I know his time at Stoke was a little bit, you know, not as good obviously, but up and down his career at Millwall, certainly from what I remember, is a type of player that you want in your side. He missed a header from four yards out on his debut. That sounds like him, yeah. Um, in the second game, he scored within three minutes. Yeah. Um, and then against Forrest, he, in the ninety in the 89th minute, he missed a one-on-one -on -one, um, um, to geez. give us... Yeah, it came straight over to him. He was on his own. He went for a volley and he, he put it in Rosehead. And that's about all we've seen of him. Unfortunately, he's not. I was expecting him to have come in and done a bit more at Derby. Um, and he's actually, he's had, for, probably through no fault of his own, he's actually, his opportunities hasn't, I think he's only started one game in since he's been in. And I say he has scored. He probably should have a couple more. But And I was so hoping he was going to come in and show the sort of form that obviously <laughs> Millwall will, will know him best for. But unfortunately, he's not he's not quite it. And I wouldn't be surprised, if I'm being honest, um, if he wasn't involved on Saturday. And obviously, what are the what are the chances of him coming in and uh, oh. and and getting one against his, his his former club, Henry? Yeah, I don't. Well, if it as long as it's not a one on one, he'll probably score it. To be fair, <laughs> look, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head, Jason. I I've got to I've got to say I love Lee Gregory. Um, I don't, I don't know if you've seen this yet or not, but there wasn't anyone who worked harder at Millwall up front. He used to run down chase courses. He was so good. He's the best player I've ever seen at Millwall at holding the ball up. Um, and we were playing Neil Harris hoof ball at the time as well. So every other ball was coming from Jake Cooper diagonally, 60 yards across the ball, like an American touchdown, you know, like quarterback launching it up there. And he's like having to chest it and bring it down and, and, and give it off to someone in midfield or like try and turn his man or try and like play. He's better playing off a big, bigger man like Steve Morrison was, was who he played in tandem with. And they scored a lot of goals in League One. Now, for me, 
I'm not sure if he's up to a championship level being a striker. I, I don't know, certainly not if you're looking to try and make the playoffs or the mid-table, mid, mid because I think he's going to score you 12 goals at best. Um, because, like you said, even in League One, you know, I can remember three or four or five opportunities he would need in order to score one goal. Mm. And he also sometimes just hasn't got that extra yard of pace. There was this fate, like we played Rotherham um, season before last and just like 92nd minute, you know, Jed Wallace is bombing it down the wing, crosses the ball in, goalkeeper misses it. And like in is sliding Lee Gregory, like Gascoigne in Euro 96. You remember that Gascoigne miss in, against the Germans? Yes. Right? It, and if he's just half a yard quicker, he makes it. And it's exactly the same thing. In fact, I was sitting face on the ball. The ball almost smacked me in the face. It just went straight across. Gregory missed it. And I was like, oh, blimey, it's coming towards my seat. Um, but that summed it up for me. He just wasn't quite quick enough to get there and make that connection and means that we would have got ourselves to the next level and get himself to the next level. So I think you're not going to find a harder working player. I think you're going to find someone who's an absolute consummate professional who I'd love. If he came back to Millwall, I'd love it. I think the bloke's such a nice geezer as well. I don't know if you've ever met him. I got stuck in Scunthorpe Car Park once after we beat them in the playoffs and he came out about an hour and a half later and I was sitting there with my car, he came out with a couple of other players and he was just going over. I was like, all right, Lee, he came over. He said, all right, man, what's going on? You know, and it, and he had a tray full of buds and he gave me one. And so I was, you know, I've got all the time in the world. He said, pleased to meet you, mate. Shook my hand. Do you know what I mean? Like a really decent, nice bloke. Used to be an electrician. You know, he, he loves being a professional footballer because it wasn't always going to be his craft. But if you're looking for someone to take you to the next level, I hate to say it, I, don't think he's that player, certainly not in a championship. No, and I think he is 32 or, or whatever. Yeah. As I say, he oh, probably is playing harsh, for a contract at Derby, you know, and as I say, at the minute, unfortunately, uh, a, a, a definitely a, a player that I've thought over the years, des you know, <laughs> deserved a crack at, at an higher level. And no, can I, I'll tell you, can I just, I, I could just tell you one other story about him. We went yeah. up to Oldham in January. January in Oldham, which you know is cold, right? Yeah, Especially it's not for, nice. us, for us Southerners, right? <laughs> no, you, don't, you know. So we've got 19 layers on. We go up there, 86th minute, geezer's fouled in the penalty box, upsets Lee Gregory, keeper saves the penalty. Ah, oh, my word, long way back. Anyway, 92nd minute, ball comes into the box, down goes another player, penalty. Oh, fantastic. Right. Have you ever seen someone miss two, two penalties? It upsets Lee Gregory, keeper saves it. That, and that summed, that summed Lee Gregory up for me. He came over at the end, apologised to the fans, gave his shirt to some kid, walked off looking really gutted, but that summed it up. Two penalty misses inside five minutes, Oldham away, long train journey home, nil-nil. Disgraceful stuff. The other main link, obviously, between the two clubs is Gary Rowett. And um, we were just talking just before we uh, we went live there about, I mean, love him or hate him, and Derby certainly don't like him um, anymore. Um, mm -hmm. But you ca you can't knock you, you just can't knock what he what he's doing, and you can't knock what he's done with Millwall. And when he was at Derby, he did something very very similar. He grabbed a team that was and by the scruff of the neck, really. I mean, his football was never that attractive. But he got us to the playoffs, you know, before yeah. before leaving, you know, before moving on, and he, he obviously knows 
he can work with a relatively small budget. He, he knows he knows how to get the best out of players that he's got. Yeah. And I mean, for what is it two, three seasons now? He's been he's been down at Millwall, Henry. He's he's he has he's, been, he's done a good job. He's he's only been down there a year. Is only a year, year. really? I Eight, eighteen months. Yeah, he came in. He came in uh, October of twenty nineteen after Harry after a, a game away at Luton where Neil Harris didn't resign. So he came in at, at that sort of time. So from say November, so he hasn't had long to try and build his vision in inverted commas, really. He gets a lot of grief off Millwall fans. I think probably some of the ones that maybe don't watch the games because actually you can't, I don't know what they expect actually, to be honest with you. What do you like? They expect a a premiership sort of push inside from the, you know, I think we punch above our weight where we are currently in the championship. So, um, but yeah, he gets a lot of grief. The football hasn't been brilliant, but I've got to be honest with you. He's never, I've never seen him, with a season without COVID. Now, it's interesting you're talking about this time last year because we went to Forest. So this, this will make your, uh, mm. your watchers happy. We went to Forest, we beat them 3-0 on a Friday night. It was on Sky. You know, and if you'd said to me then, you know, people are singing, there's only one Gary Rowett and it was phenomenal. And I think, actually, I think we had you boys the next week at mm. the Den, I think. And that was when it all got called off. And then you beat us 3-2 <laughs> after that massive break. Yeah, so that was it. That was it. That yeah, was, that yeah. was it, right? Um. And we looked like we had Jason Malumbi in midfield then and we were pinging the ball about. And I was like, this is half exciting. Like, we've got a team here that I think maybe could kick on and make the playoffs. And I think we only missed out on the playoffs in the end last season by a couple of points, which, again, is really what he said is, I was building for a three-year plan at Millwall to make the playoffs in, in three years' time. Now, what signings is he going to make? I don't know. But I think he's made a good start at replacing some of the players we had that were league won our lower championship standard with players like Mason Bennett, who I think have the potential to be a top half of the championship playoff type players. So if we can keep hold of Jed Wallace and do that, it will be interesting to see. But the football hasn't been great this season. But is that because we're playing four games, you know, on average of a game every four days, you know, and our players look knackered, like you said. It's really difficult to judge anyone, I think, on this season unless you've really had a shocking season, you know, if that makes sense. Right then, Henry. So it is the quick five, five time and quick five questions. As I say, quick, quick fire answers. And All right. as we start off, as always, is Millwall so far top goal scorer this season? Who's it been? Oh, blimey. Uh, Jed Wallace. Kind of presumed it would be. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, to be honest with you, I've got a feeling his name might pop up a few times on this on these on this <laughs> list of questions. Yeah. To be honest with you, um, uh, all right. who's been the best player so far this season for Millwall? Oh blimey, that's a difficult one. And there's no way I'm I'm, uh, I'm having Scott Sean, Malone as the answer. I'm going. I'm going. Sean Hutchinson, uh, centre back. It's been like a rock. Uh, and it's done very little wrong except for when he's tired. Right. Fair enough. Who, if every single Millwall player on Saturday was to have the best game of the life, who's the one that Derby have got to be the most most careful of? Oh yeah, Jed Wallace. Yeah, I kind of thought I kind of thought that, that would be yeah, the answer. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. an interesting one, an interesting question. So from your perspective, where's the the biggest strength of Millwall? 
And where's the biggest weakness of Millwall? Where can Derby really, really do some da- do do some damage on Saturday? That's a really difficult question. I th- I think our biggest strength is down the left hand side. To be honest, um, you know, uh, or, or down the wings, the wing play is, is is where is where our best our best threat is. Some people would say it's at the back, but I don't think it actually is this season. I think we've we've uh, we've gone ahead more times um, and not kept a lead than, than the other way around, if that makes sense. So I think, I think down the wings uh, probably is, is our biggest threat. And, and our biggest weakness is, oh, you know, it's sloppy play, basically. Like tired, sloppy play. And that's coming from the middle of the park, I think. Somewhere, you know, if, if you can get people playing in the middle of the park um, and, and sort of going through us direct, then, then we're bound to make a mistake at the moment because we're tired. So I, th- I think that's probably our biggest weakness. Okay, and, and normally my last question is is a question about the manager, but we've we've covered Gary Rowett and we know all about Gary Rowett. So I am going to ask you about somebody else. Again, a name that I knew was going to pop up in this section, Jed Wallace. Somebody exactly the same as Lee Gregory, synonymous with Millwall. Yeah, I'm surprised hasn't gone on as well. You know, I, I can't. I don't want to disrespect anybody with that, but yeah. I'm surprised somebody else hasn't hasn't taken him. Has he been as good this season as he as he normally always is, Henry? No, um, and that's probably because he's played almost every minute of every game. Like the guy is like a Terminator; he just doesn't stop. He just keeps running and running, and running like Roadrunner and his weird, like choppy sort of style that he's got. Um, but he he added goals to his repertoire last season, and I think that if you know if we'd had a normal season this year, who knows what he may have done. Um, but I think yeah, very. Very much so. You know, when he gets the ball and starts running at people, you know, yeah, he's he's, he's definitely someone to look out for um, and he's got that bit of class about him. But, right. Mm. Yeah, OK. Well, he's certainly somebody that I know that uh, Derby will be worried about on Saturday. And it's it's interesting, just to finish that segment off, I would say if you was to ask what Derby's strength is the most this season, I'd say it's our midfield. So that yeah. might just you know lead for an interesting, an interesting bit on Saturday. The only caveat to that that I've got is probably the two or three midfielders that have been normally pretty solid this season have gone completely off the boil in the last three or four, and they look really they look tired. Oh, yeah, it, it's, it's a midfield that it does buzz around. It is the engine of Derby, and when they have played nearly every minute of every game. Bar, they, we 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 changed it up for Cardiff last week and got absolutely slapped slapped for now. Um, on the hope that we would go into the Coventry game on Saturday and that be that that be a benefit and actually Coventry turned us over as well. So actually, it didn't did, the plan didn't really work. That leads us on to the, the, the final point before the score prediction, and that is the actual game on Saturday, and. I think from a Derby's perspective, I'll put this out here first before we ask from a Millwall perspective. I think from a Derby perspective, the way that recent results have gone over the last five, and I say they, they put a big onus on trying to get in something against Coventry on Saturday by resting some key players in midweek and it just didn't work for them. And obviously we're recording this on, on Monday before we go mm. to Barnsley on Barnsley Wednesday, again, yeah. which I am... I'll be gobsmacked if Derby get anything out of on current form. I think Barnsley are absolutely on fire at the minute. Uh, we never have a great record at Oakwell anyway. Does so anyone? I'm not, no, well, this is it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it. So I actually, I think the Millwall game on, on Saturday for Derby, especially with it being at home, the pitch isn't going to be great. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Um, probably 
coming off the back of a bad result against Barnsley. I'm not going to completely downput Derby, but if that is the case, then that will be you know, three defeats in a row. It's not really happened too often this season for Derby, um, even at the beginning of the season, which was you know really poor from from Derby's perspective. Uh, I don't think we've I don't think we've lost three in a row. I, actually thinking about it, so Derby could be a real wounded animal coming into this game on Saturday. And I think in the next, if memory serves me right, in the next four or five, we've got Brentford, Swansea, Norwich. Um, But to to name three. So I know Millwall at the moment are obviously well well above Derby in the table, but actually for for Derby, um, it's a similar, we played Huddersfield two weeks ago and that was a game that we went into just thinking, Derby need to win that. And they need to, they, and actually they turned in a, an half decent performance, and Uddersfield didn't offer anything. That was off the back of when they just beat Swansea four one, the week the game before. So you know we thought Badness. whatever, who knows? Yeah, yeah. It, it's got a very similar feel about it to this game on Saturday mm. for me. Millwall coming to Derby. Now I know over the last couple of years, Millwall have had a pretty decent record coming up to Derby. Yeah, I remember, I, in fact, yeah. yeah, I think one of them was actually when Gary Wright was in charge of us. Um, I think <laughs> Millwall won won that won that Mills. game. Always on a yeah. Tuesday night, isn't it? At the moment, yeah. Um, and but I think it's especially with other fixtures coming up. I think this game for Derby, I don't know about must win, but it's getting to the point where you know we're still looking over our shoulder a little bit. Uh, we're, we're six points. I think it's six points above the relegation zone. Mm. Rotherham have still got two games in hand, and it's just starting to feel a little bit. Feeling a little bit sweaty, if that makes sense. I'm, st- I'm yeah. starting. I'm starting to panic ever so slightly, especially say with with Norwich coming. I don't those games. Just I don't want to be going into the last six or seven games of the season really, really needing to pick out some results because I know we. I think our last two games are Wednesday in Birmingham. Okay, so they're pro- they will be proper six pointers. They're oh, going to be. The thing I was going to say is you did beat uh, you beat Norwich early this season away, didn't you? You did. It was the first win of the season. He did. I watched it. I remember. That's what I remember. He did. He scored a free kick. It was the first win of the season, and it was probably the most notable thing he's done all year. uh, To be honest with you, on on on, certainly on the pitch, off the pitch, he's been a little bit better than that. But yeah, but still, it's not a. We've actually got an half decent record against teams at the top, but I'm not. I'm not uh, at the moment in, in current form. Um, I don't. I think Derby'd struggle to beat anybody at the minute in current form because they look, they look so tired. And it's something obviously we've mentioned once or twice now, but it's not an excuse because all the other teams are kind of, are, are kind of in a similar boat really. And yeah, you know, you know the likes of Coventry who, who've come up, small budget, small team. They absolutely played Derby off the park on Saturday, in my opinion. The Derby were awful. Before we go to a score prediction, I'm going to ask of your thoughts on from from a Millwall's perspective about obviously about coming coming up to Derby, Henry. Uh, oh, first of all, gutted I can't be there. That, that's mm. that, that's the biggest thing. You know, I love going. Um, I love love going up to uh, Derby. Proper fans up there. You know, with, with, we've got a history with them. We can talk about. Um, I think the most. It, it's just uh, you know we've got a rest this week. We're, not playing it's stupid it's one of these topsy-turvy things which that doesn't always help us we seem to lose momentum not that we've kind of got any momentum at the moment um we managed to scrape a win against press and then we lost at home 2-0 to blackburn with some truly league you know national level champions you know my local team bears did fc defend better than we did um that game 
I, I honestly, I've got no idea. I think I, I, your midfield does worry me. Um, if I look at someone like, uh, is it Camel Joswiak? Is that, mm. is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Um, um, he was very good against uh, against us at the Den. Um, I've seen some of his highlights this season and he's got that little bit of magic that he can make something happen. And they're the kind of players that we've struggled against this season. So Bradley Dak on Saturday, that little bit of magic scores the goal. That's really, then we faff around trying to get an equaliser. And instead of doing that, we pass the ball behind the back. Someone makes a mistake and they score. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Martin Waghorn, is he likely to play? I mean, he, again, he's just, I think he's just a quality striker. That, you know, like he came to the den playing for, oh, I don't know, QPR when we just, maybe when we just got promoted or was it Cardiff or someone like that? But he just Ipswich. He was Ipswich. Yeah, he was. Ipswich came to the den. We'd just been promoted to the championship, and he just scored two clinically taken goals. And he's just that type of a player. He's got that instinct. He is, you know, if you look at our strikers who have not had a prolific season, really, um, one way or another, there's not a lot of pace there. Icelandic internationals and all the other, you know, Matt Smith, who's a great finisher, but he's got the turning circle of a tanker um you know i've i still think derby have got those players that can turn it on and we struggle against pace because we look tired at the moment and i don't think a few days off this week is going to do us any any massive benefit so um yeah I, th- I think i think it's a big question mark going up to pride park the only thing i would say potentially that skews me more towards maybe a Millwall victory is the fact that we play better away from home well, just to make you feel all nice and nice and warm, Henry, uh, Camille Yozviak, the form fell out of his arse about six weeks ago. And <laughs> he, I'd be, su- I'd be surprised if he's involved. To be honest, really, um, that bad yeah. guy. He at the time he, we came to the den, he was in some real form, and then he, he's just he's just fell off. He's just fell off the face of the earth. He looks tired. He he really he kind of hit the ground running, but then when and he is. He is a creative spark because he has got that bit of pace. He has got that little bit of trickery in him. But if I was to say to you, he's created one assist and only scored one goal this season, that kind of sums up what he is. And I think he's starting to now, having been a, obviously a summer signing from Poland, it's just starting to, I think he's, he's struggling a little bit with obviously being away from home and COVID, everything. Yeah, everything yeah, you can put everything. it down to. I think he's he need, he's he comes across as that. I mean, he's only 21, 22. He comes across as that type of player that needs a bit of an arm around him at times. Um, and for me, I think he's one of those players that when the team's playing well, he stands out. Um, but when your backs are against the wall and Derby are in some in some mm. tricky tricky patch of form at the moment, uh, he doesn't. He's just not offering as much as you'd hope. So I'm not so I'm not so sure he'll be he'll be certainly not from the start. I don't I don't think he'll be involved. Martin Waghorn, another one. He's been so out of form this season. He, he did score against Huddersfield last week, week before. I didn't even realise he was playing on Saturday against Coventry. So <laughs> until he came off. So, yeah, and he he's had a really by his by his standards what we've seen of him at Derby, he's had a really, really bad, bad season this year. And somebody was out of contract in the summer and I don't think he'll be a Derby player by the end of it. But so th- there's a couple of players there that may well be um, in, in in your thoughts of, of causing some trouble, but they really are going to have to turn up 
on, on Saturday and, and produce something that they've not been producing over the last few weeks. What about, so um, I, having done a little bit of research, the one name that comes up quite a lot is 19-year-old Louis Watson, is it? Mm. Might get his, might, might get, get his debut, yeah, against Barnsley. Yeah. A lot of people saying good things about him. He's been, well, he kind of, he's been in and around it. He's not, he, he's been on the bench a few times. He's had some impressive displays for the under-23s. And I think it, when he came on, um, when he came on the other week, I can't remember who he played against now, he came on and it was just a case of, well, we've got nobody else. I think it was Cardiff. It was, it was Cardiff. We were trying to arrest our two main centre midfielders and it was a case of, well, the game was, we were already 3-0 down. You can't, yeah. you, what, what have you got to lose? And he's very direct um, as a midfielder. Um, he likes to get hold of the ball and he likes to run, which is something that we haven't had too much of over the last few weeks. Jason Knight was a player who was doing that, but he his energy has just dropped, and I'm not surprised. He he must cover he must cover fifteen key um, fifteen kilometers a game. He must do. He buzzes around like an absolute idiot. And then he came on against Coventry as well. Watson did, and again he, he got hold of the ball. He's probably the brightest spark out of the two games. But I wouldn't necessarily. I'm not going to uh, knock the lad, but I don't think he's necessarily been. It, it's quite easy to stick out in such a poor. Poor yeah. perform- two very yeah. poor performances. It, he, he probably will get a start against Barnsley. Wouldn't surprise me. I'm not confident that that's quite the right game for him. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I'm, I'm there to be. Um, I'm there to be. Um, you know, prove wrong. I think I probably said something very similar 12 months ago when Louis Sibley burst into the team against Blackburn, the last game before where the fans were there and scored after 20 minutes, and then he scored a hat trick at the Den. When, yes. when we restarted and he had a very, very, very solid end to the season. He was playing for our under-23s last night. That's how far away he is at the minute from from the actual squad. So, you know, he's, he's one of those players. He hasn't really kicked, unfortunately, he hasn't really kicked on this year uh, from that, you know, brilliant, brilliant spell. Obviously, he scored the hat-trick against uh, Millwall at the Den as we restarted. And I think he... I think he got another three or four in seven games. So he was, he really had a, a great yeah, run. And we thought, patch. yeah. And we thought, right, this season, first name on the team sheet. And he, he soon, he soon disappeared and was a bit part player. He did have an injury, but he was, he'd become a bit part player now. And the last two games we've seen him just hasn't, hasn't produced. And at the moment we're not, again, it's, it's not a place. Not, I, don't, I think it's very rare that you're going to get an 18, 19 year old come through your academy. Who's got the experience, obviously not got the experience, but got the know-how required when, when you're in a dogfight, and that's what Derby are in. We don't need pretty players at the minute. We need people who are going to, are going to get stuck in and, you know, and, and do something in, in that way. And, you know, putting that kind of pressure on an 18, 19 year old lad on, you know, on debut and things like that. It's, it's a bit unfair. We've got more than enough experienced professionals that should be able to get Derby out of the situation that they're in at the minute. And it, like you say, it is the wagons and, and, and that in the team that just haven't, haven't cut the mustard this year. So they're the ones that need to pull us out of it. But who knows? We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. Hmm. But that is about all we've got time for. Henry, it's been an absolute pleasure. Before you go, yeah. of course, we have to do a we have to do a score prediction. I, I don't even know where where to, <laughs> where to do this. Um, but it does, as I said, as I mentioned 10, 15 minutes ago, it does seem that kind of game that Derby are going to have to win if they don't really want to have a very, very difficult end to the season. Um, and for that reason, 
I think they might get something out of the game. Mm-hmm. But Rowett will want to come and he will want to upset Derby as <laughs> much as as much as he possibly can. And he, he's he's proven he can do it. And so I'm actually going to say Derby are going to win by the slants oh, 1-0. But I, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. I really would. If you can, have you got a score prediction for me? Um, I'd, I'll go one all. I mean, we're the draw specialists of the championship. And uh, I just, I just, you know, if we play like we did against Blackburn, you know, your score prediction, you could probably times out by a couple more. If we play like we did second half against Preston, I think we could, you know, we, we could run out. But I've got no idea what, what Jekyll or Hyde is going to turn up on the day. I'll go with one all, probably a Matt Smith header. Yeah, he'll cause Derby some trouble. He'll cause Derby some trouble. I mean, I, I don't know well, why I've I mean, predicted to keep a clean sheet, Henry, to be honest with you. I mean, when we played at the Den, I think we went on a run of about six clean sheets in eight games. And then I think in the last five games, we've conceded about 15 goals. So and it's the same back four near enough. It, it's in, it's incredible how yeah. how it happens. Um, but who knows? I'm, 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 I'm almost out of predictions at the minute because... As Derby at the moment, exactly the same. Don't know which Derby team are going to turn up at the moment. And that's same. that's actually same, a bit of a worry. It is a yeah, bit of a worry. Uh, same. I mean, the only thing is that we've managed to put together that run at the right time that, that have kept us out of the relegation struggle. That's the only thing that's kept us out of it this year. Um, and like I said, no one knows in the championship at the moment, right? Like, uh, you know, everyone below that, below that top six is just beating everyone else at the moment. So I think you've got just as much chance winning as, as we have. I know it sounds ridiculous, but you do like, I think forms almost kind of drifting slightly out the window. You've got Coventry doing strange things. We've got Barnsley setting the world on fire. Mm. It's really what an upside down season. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and on that note, we, we have to say goodbye, Henry. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. And of course, um, hopefully we're both, well, you certainly will be. Hopefully Derby yeah. are in the championship next season yeah. and um, we'll, We'll catch up again, but thank you very much for joining me. No problem. Brilliant to, brilliant to be on. Cheers, Jason. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. We would love it if you'd like to get in touch. On Twitter, we're at Rams Review 1. On Facebook, it's Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, up the Rams. The Rams Review Podcast are proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, putting fans first.